Happy Saturday, everyone. Happy Saturday. We want to welcome you to another episode of the Coffee with Rhonda show. And I have a question for you. So my question for you today is on a scale of one to 10, uh, with 10 being I absolutely love it, how would you describe your life balance? That's what we're going to talk about on today's show. Today is episode 38, and we're going to talk about the leadership unicorn. If, is life balance really a thing? Is that something we can accomplish? We'll get into it in just a second, but for now, let's get started. Welcome to the Coffee with Rhonda show, where you are entering the stress-free leadership zone. What's in your cup? So hello everyone out there. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever the part of the world you are in, we wanna welcome you to another episode of the Coffee with Rhonda show. And uh, today's conversation is going to be a really juicy one. So I wanna bring our panel up so you see who's joining us. And today on episode 38, we're gonna talk a little bit about the leadership a unicorn. And is balance really a real thing? So before we get started, let's go through a couple of housekeeping items. You guys know how this goes. Um, thanks so much for tuning in. If you're out there, drop us a note, tell us your name, where you're watching from, and don't forget to tell us what's in your cup. Also, I have a big, big ask. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, there's a little bell that says subscribe button, hit that button for us. Uh, and don't forget to share it with your friends because there is someone out there that you know that's going to enjoy this conversation today. So also, um, if anything resonates with you, you guys know that you power this show. Your comments, we try to get them all in there. Sometimes it's fast and furious, but be sure that you comment your thoughts so that we can pull those into the conversation. And then finally, if you're listening to this on podcast, don't forget to leave a review. Now, with all of that out of the way, I'm like trying to move past all the housekeeping because we have a juicy conversation that we need to get into today. So my name is Rhonda Y. Williams, and I'm the host of the show. I'm known as the stress-free leader, and I am a recovering stressed out leader. That's right. <laughs> That's what they call me. And I hope that you are a recovering stressed out leader too. So what I do now is I help executives and entrepreneurs um, really pursue and find that space between the job and career that they love and having a life that they love at the same time. So if you want to learn more about that, you can go to thestressfreeleader.net and find out more information. With all of that out of the way, I want to introduce my panel. There's one more that's going to be joining us. But so uh, I am super excited today to have our guest joining us today. Uh, Mr. Corey, tell us a little bit about you, who you are. And don't forget to tell us. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys what's in my cup. In my cup, I have vanilla pumpkin with a hint of turmeric. So that's what's in my cup today. So Corey, welcome to the show. Tell us who you are and what's in your cup. So I am, well, I'm Corey Poirier. I'm a speaker and author, and uh, I, I'll say it this way. I get excited by dissecting the minds of thousands of thought leaders so other people don't have to. So I love sharing insight with others, much like Napoleon Hill did in 1937. And in my cup slash bottle is a, a bottle of store water, which I probably should be drinking water that's actually in a, what, how do they say you're supposed to drink it now in ceramic or something? Uh, so probably drinking the wrong thing, but I'm drinking water is what I'm drinking. <laughs> Well, that works too. You know, I can't keep up with how we're supposed to drink water and what we're supposed to put in it. So maybe that's another thing, Corey, you can keep up with us so we don't have to. <laughs> awesome. So we're also happy to have Marae back with us. Marae was gone for a couple of weeks, our amazing co-host. Hello, Marae. Tell us who you are and what you got in your cup. Oh, I'm Mireille. I'm Mireille Telekima here from Perth. And uh, I'm very happy to be back. And as you know, I'm the greatness engineer and uh, I help people to become the best version of themselves. 
and to engineer greatness wherever they can. But I also have a background in engineering in my you know, professional life. So I focus also on engineering and helping organization to go to the next level of their greatness as well. So that's me. And in my cup today, I have a green tea. So really happy to be back. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And just in time, fantastic timing. I love beautiful out there. <laughs> That's all right. You know how these live shows go. So welcome. Perfect timing, Ross. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you got in your cup, if you got a cup. I got a cup. It has much of green tea in it, much uh yeah, to give me some energy. A lot of energy. And my name is Ross Jones. I'm the CEO and owner of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers, where we provide four levels of specialized care to your loved one, sitter, homemaker, companion, home health aide, and certified nursing assistant. When you can't do it all, you give yeah, us a give call. It's a call. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, Ross. Thank you so much for joining us. So Regina's out there. She said, good morning, everyone. Happy to be with you all once again. Hey, Regina. And Michael's out there joining us from Russia. Hey, Michael. Good morning, ladies and Corey's. Glad to see him there. That's a shout out to you, Corey. So, you know, let's get our conversation started. This is a really interesting one because as I found myself preparing for the show, honestly, I could have written two pages of just little points for us to touch on. So we'll see where we go. It'll go where it goes and we'll get as far as we get with it. So I want to start... Um, by having us really talk about this thing about leadership balance. And when we're thinking about leadership balance, you know, we all have different ideas of what balance is. So I want to first start there. I like to set context for the audience. So when we're talking about balance, what is what is your frame of reference for what balance means to you? So um, we'll start there first. And I'm just going to ask each of you guys to share a little bit about what balance means to you. So Corey, what, what does balance mean to you? So, I mean, this is an interesting question because I, I've struggled for a lot of years on this idea of balance. And the reason I say that is going back to when I introduced myself, I've done interviews with over 6,500 thought leaders. And so I've got a great opportunity to get inside the minds of some of these great thought leaders who you would think have what we call work-life balance in their life, and almost zero of them do. But what they do have that a lot of people struggle with is they actually have built their life in a way that they don't have to actually take a vacation from it. So for them, when I say balance, to me what it is, is that they don't actually separate their personal and professional life. They don't go, okay, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this for four hours, and then I'm going to go home and do this for four hours. They actually merge the two of them so that it's actually not a balanced thing. It's just that they never feel like they're leaving one to go to the other. And so I don't know, I don't think that's called balance, but I think it's not called balance because they don't have anything to balance. And, you know, so if you, and I'll explain that further because it might seem very abstract, but as an example, uh, you know, I, I love what I do all day, every day. And I have two young kids at home. And so obviously when I'm with them, you know, I'm not saying that I'm sitting there taking calls or talking to clients because I get excited doing that. But what I'm saying is, is that, um, you know, my girlfriend and I, maybe, and she helped me out with my business as well, her and I might be spitballing ideas around, you know, at, at uh, over the supper table. Like, so we might talk about how's your day to the three-year-old, or we might say, you know, what, she might say to me, and she what does, but what, how's your day? And then we'll bring up, she go, you know, what we should try there. So right. to me, we're not trying to balance it out and separate one from the other. Of course, when I'm with my children, I try to be all in with them, right. but I guess, I mean, to me, it's not this whole idea that people have come up with saying, I love the idea of having work-life balance where I stop one and go to the other. I will say when I was working the nine to five job, I did think that I wanted to get this balance where I stopped one and started the other. Right. Since I started loving what I do, I feel like there's no, there's no reason for me to try to stop one and do the other. That, is wow, that a that's a really great example. Mm -hmm. That's a, a great way of explaining it. And so, Ron, I'm going to ask you to tag on to that. And, and given what Corey said, and then putting in the context of your own framework in life, what does balance mean to you? Balance means to me not to be on a teeter-totter, going back and forth, you know? Mm -hmm. Balance, <laughs> y'all know I was gonna come up with something crazy this morning, so. <laughs> I, like, I guess, and for me, for balance is, is that my work life 
is, you know, there's not too much chaos going on in my home life. There's not too much chaos going on. And I feel like that's a balance. I know it's not perfect. God knows. I know it's not perfect. But if, you know, if, if I can get joy there and a little joy here and kind of, and they, and they kind of kiss each other, <laughs> that's my balance. Because, you know, like you said, it's, it's, it's not going to be perfect on, on, uh, on, on, on either side. Mm-hmm. So if, if I can get just a little bit on both sides, then, you know, as, as long as I'm not doing this on one side and, and not that on the other side, that's my balance for yeah, me. Balance. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. That's great, Roz. And, and what about you, Marae? When you think about balance in the context of your own life, what does that look like? I don't even know if it, it exists, actually, because for me, you know, we all we all have our own balance. And, uh, you know, it depends what we value. It depends, you know, uh, what we like. Uh, and I think for me, balance is about happiness. You know, you do what you really love. And, uh, and sometimes you do what you love and you're busy, but for you, it's not, uh, it's not an issue. So I think balance is about, you know, what, you know, you really enjoy to do and, and do it, you know, uh, as, uh, as often as you can. And because you, you, you know, we all have our own, you know, boundaries. We all have our own environment and we all have a different mindset and different skills. So for me, balance is really something personal. And uh, as long as I am happy, as long as I keep going, and I'll, as long as, you know, I, uh, I, I create, you know, uh, positivity and, uh, and, and uh, value around me, that's my balance. And, wow. and that's, that's the way I see it. That's pretty powerful. You know, Michael mm-hmm. added, balance is when I don't fall out of my chair while talking mm-hmm. to my workers. So I always stand up go to the shop floor to give the instructions so I can't fall out of my chair. Well, that's a completely different type of balance, Michael. So thank you so much for for adding that. And and Mm -hmm. it's so interesting that the way that we all just sort of described balance um, is often not what people think about, right? When we talk to leaders, when I talk to leaders, they're constantly seeking this state of balance. And I believe that sometimes just by being in that place of constantly seeking it, um, it makes it worse, right? Because it's like a unicorn. It's like you're chasing that unicorn. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you could really just take the opportunity um, to reflect and enjoy on what, uh, where you are. And I love this quote. I'm going to share this one. So you will never feel truly satisfied by work until you are satisfied by life. Mm-hmm. And, and is that the case? Is, in essence, is that what we're truly seeking? Are we truly seeking satisfaction or are we really seeking balance? Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I listened to um, this, these couple of ladies and they said, well, when you're seeking balance, when, when people talk about that, nine times out of 10 is because they either hate their job <laughs> or, or mm-hmm. they hate their life or they hate both. Right. Or somewhere in between. So they're not feeling satisfied. Um, with that. So let me just ask this question. So does balance imply, when we say we're seeking balance, does that imply perfection? Does that imply this idea that you got to have it sort of going on on both ends of the spectrum and everything is nice and tight and and therefore, you know, you're in this perfect balance and your hair is just right. And, you know, you're drinking the right things. You're drinking water, not coffee like me. Right. All of those good things. So this balance put us in a mindset where we're pushing ourselves to, to this point of perfection. So, Marae, what do you think about that? Uh, I th- no, I, I think balance is not it's not about perfection. It's really, you know. Uh, something that you feel, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and enjoy. You you can you can really be happy with your imperfections. It has nothing to do with with uh, you know the balance, and and that's why you know for me balance is really about being happy, accepting yourself, you know, accepting mm-hmm. what's going on in your life, accepting the people that are around you, and accepting you know what you're doing, and and really be happy about it, and and that's really where I see the balance, and and sometimes being happy with what happening in your life or being happy with yourself 
comes with imperfection and you just right. keep going and and really you know uh because if you if you look for perfection then you always running out after something and uh, and you you never satisfy so that's mm -hmm. that's really the worst thing to do uh, if you want to have balance in your life okay and Corey, so so when people are seeking balance is it is it really balance that they're seeking or is there something else that they're really seeking well i, I feel like in uh, when you when you uh, posed this, you said we, so I'm glad you did because I think it depends on if we're talking, and I know what you're saying with it, but I think it depends if we're talking we as in us right here, if you're right. asking this question from our perspective, or if you're saying we as in society and in general. Society. Yeah. And if we're saying we as in society in general, I actually do think that we're seeking something more and we're calling it balance. Now, again, I don't think that we're doing it based on our own definitions just a couple minutes ago, but I feel like that's what society's doing. They're chasing some sort of carrot they think that's there at the end but it, it's not really dangling and you know I'll give a couple of super quick stories to give some context to this but a great example is just to tell you the context on where that thing came from is uh stop trying to live life like you feel you have to escape that comes from seth godin i heard him share the story that he was on a beach one time working and he was sending he did a uh, does a blog every day and he was sending it getting his blog ready spend like an hour doing it while he was at this great resort for three weeks. And he just, that was the only thing he did in the morning, but a couple walked by and he overheard them saying, look at that poor guy. He even has to work on his vacation. Mm -hmm. And his thing was, I would do what I'm doing right now. I would do this anywhere in the world. And it just happens that I get to sit on a gorgeous beach and make money doing this. But I also mm -hmm. love doing, getting my blog ready for people. So I'm doing what I love. And so then he came up with this idea of how sad is it that they have to work the whole year to just escape from their life for two weeks and feel like now life is living. Wow. And so it's a really different perspective. And then to add a shorter story, I heard uh, David, um, what's his name? Uh, David Foster, the musician. And he asked this uh, Darren Hardy, who was interviewing from Success Magazine, uh, the idea about Darren, am I ever gonna be that guy that just enjoys going and sitting on the beach? And this was, they were having a conversation about work-life balance. And Darren, I had the best answer I ever thought for that. He goes, he goes, David, I think the thing is, when you're working with Seal in the studio, when you're working with Celine Dion in the studio, that is your beach. Hmm. So my answer to this is yes, I think we are chasing it as a society. And I think that's the problem. I think we need to stop chasing it and start trying to figure out how we can get a life that we uh, do get balanced. And that satisfaction that you said. So I do believe we're chasing something different and using the word balance. That's, wow. that's very, that's a great point. So, so Roz, what, what are we chasing out there? Are we chasing, you know, after the unicorn? Are we chasing our higher purpose? Are we chasing, um, are we chasing acceptance uh, from others? What exactly are we chasing that's behind that guise of balance? We're chasing other people's expectations. That's what I think. A lot of times when, you know, when we are pursuing things, you know, my mother expected me to do this, so I'm going to run and go to college. My grandmother expected me to go to, you know, this school, so I'm running to go here. You know, uh, my clients expect me to do this. So we're chasing a lot of times other people's expectations and not letting them know, hey, that's not what I want. That's what you want. So you chase it, but I'm not going to chase it. Okay. So a lot of times we are chasing <laughs> Y'all know me. Don't get me started today. So a lot of times, I love that. <laughs> we are we are chasing other people's expectations, mm -hmm. and they're not ours. And a lot of times, we're miserable. And for a long time, I was miserable because I was doing what? Okay, you know, my mother was a teacher, or my grandmother was a teacher, so I'm supposed to be a teacher, or you, you, you know, that generational thing. It's not like that anymore. We all are individuals, and we want to do what makes us happy, but we have been so busy chasing other people's expectation. We have been miserable and bitter mm. and I'm not going to live like that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, you know, it's, I think it's a really interesting thing. Mm. Most of the things that happen and, and sort of what drives our decisions ends up being based on expectations of others or what we've been told is right or wrong or what we should do or what we shouldn't do. And all of those things. And as a result, we end up really in this place of feeling stressed and overwhelmed and like you have 85,000 things to do. It could be as simple as after work, 
you don't want to go visit your sister. You're tired. You had a long day. Is that okay? Or are you going to beat yourself up about you're not a good sister because you didn't make it over? Or even worse, is she going to beat you up, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and say that you're not a good sister because you didn't make it over when you said you would. And releasing all of that. So then the question for me becomes, if that is a thing, if we are really, if we should be really focused on us and what we want, how do we get into and embrace the state of a flow without guilt, right? I am a person I love to work. What many people call me a workaholic. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe depending on what the context of that word means to you, it's quite possible that I might fit that definition. However, why should I care? Number one. And number two, for me, I just love what I do. I am a creator. It, now, it's taken me a long time to understand that, right? Because I've beat myself up quite a few years. It has taken me a long time to understand I love creating. That is a part of my gift. That is a part of where I feel like I'm at my best. And so that's not stressful for me. I can create on the beach, you know, as Corey said, and I can create wherever, right? I can be on the airplane and be creating a way. And someone said, oh, just put that laptop away. Just relax a little bit. Well, are you stressed? Because I'm not stressed. I'm good, right? Mm -hmm. And so all of that matters. So how do we get ourselves to get into this state of flow where we are not chasing balance, but we are more in the in the ebb and flow of life in a way that is comfortable for us. So Marie, how do we get there? One thing is to know it, to understand who we are. I mean, who we are and what we're really looking for and, and, uh, and really focus on that because, you know, when we start to focus on other people expectation that's when the problem the problem starts you know and and you know it you know especially for us women when we have children we start to be you know uh especially working women we start to say okay are we good women because we, we leave our children behind or because mm-hmm. we we work late or you know so we start to judge ourselves but at the end of the day it's more about what are we trying to accomplish and uh, what, what's really the purpose of what the, everything that we're doing and be really happy with who we are, with the life that we, you know, we live and, uh, and, and really start to shut, you know, our ears to all the noise that actually happening around because that's really the distracting factor where we want, like you said before, we want to listen to our mom, we want to listen to our sisters, we want to listen to our children but what do we really want? And that's really the, the key thing that we need to focus on and be happy about it. And we're not gonna be perfect for sure, but be happy with those imperfections and just, you know, just live our life. And that's, that's, the, that's really the only thing that we, we can do to be happy. So Corey, pick up on that piece because Marie mentioned about clarity. Right. Mm -hmm. And understanding who you are and how do you think that clarity or lack thereof contributes to this balance we keep chasing? Well, there's a couple of things I would love to jump uh, there. One. uh, And and I don't know if it's her quote, but but six months ago, I was doing an interview with Lisa Nichols and she said where attention goes, energy flows. Mm -hmm. And and I think it's I think it's been a quote for a long time, but that's where I remember it from. And so on, on the point about where are we focusing our attention? I think it's first of all us recognizing that if we focus our attention on that, that's where it's going to go. I mean, it's mm-hmm. important to understand that, that if we're focusing our attention on serving others, uh, doing, living to other people's expectations, other people's lives, that's where our energy is going to go and that's where we're going to get more of. So I think it's important. Uh-oh, we lost. Okay, so Corey, you froze for a moment. So once we get his audio back, then we'll allow him to continue that thought. But, you know, I think when you're at that space of um, really talking about um, who you are, what you want, and where you are at that aspect of your life, um, let me, maybe if I remove him and then I can bring him back when I see he's unfrozen. So so Roz, what about for you? How does clarity in who you are and what you want play into this chasing this idea of balance? 
for a long while, I didn't have clarity because I had an identity crisis. I didn't know who I was. You know, again, I go back to people had expectations of me. So I was trying to be like my mom. I was trying to be like my grandma. Oh, you know, you look like your grandmother. You act like your grandmother. But I never really got into who I really was. And, and I shared that with you all, you know, a couple of shows, shows ago that I'm finally coming into Raj Jones. I'm finally coming into my womanhood, into my entrepreneurship, into, the, you know, being the big boss. I'm finally coming into that. And for each one of us, it takes it takes uh, it takes time. You know, our, our parents may put, you know, OK, we're supposed to finish college in four years, you know, buy a house, get married and have two point five children. But my process was longer than that. Mm-hmm. And see, so I didn't have clarity because I was being pushed into a timeline and I allowed, you know, I allowed people to push me down into this, you know, little bitty circle. And that wasn't me. And, and until I got clear on who I was, until I started creating my identity and not try to imitate and duplicate other people. And I think that's what we do. We try to imitate just like with the commercials, you know, they buy the lipstick. I want to wear that lipstick. You know, I want I want the red bottom shoes. So we go out and get the red. <laughs> so, you know, I was, I was imitating and duplicating other people, but I wasn't Roz. I was, a, I was the body Roz, but I wasn't the real Roz like I am now, you know, now, you know, you know, even to be on this show has has helped me tremendously come into more of who of the woman that I am. But before I did not knocking anything of how I was raised, please, I, I want everybody to understand I did not have bad parents. It's just the fact that I, I fell into trying to please other people and not trying to get my own identity. Mm-hmm. And then once you once once I started getting my own identity and realizing that the identity crisis was keeping me from having a balance, from getting clarity, once I started realizing it's about Roz and not about anybody else, the clear, I started getting clear. I started getting focused on my business. I started mm-hmm. getting focused on taking care. Of, I started getting focused. But as long as I had that identity crisis, it was trying to imitate and duplicate others. I couldn't get anything right because I was operating in chaos and confusion and there was no clarity. Wow. But now I'm walking tall, honey. I'm clear on who I am. <laughs> you go, girl, <laughs> as you should be. <laughs> you know, but I love the description there of your evolution and coming to that. And and so, Corey, coming back to you so that you can finish your, your thoughts you had um, around this piece. Um, Roz, that was very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Corey? Yeah, and, and so sorry, I, I actually had to jump through three Wi-Fi connections to get back on here. I had my original one went down, I went to a second one, and now I'm using my phone as my third one. So it's working now, though. I don't know what happened, but uh, I won't argue with the universe. So um, having said that, uh, as far as what I was saying about uh, the clarity side, because I, w- I was just literally jumping into my thoughts on this idea of how do we get clear, clear around um, why it is we're here. And so I think it's a big big, big piece to everything, which is figuring out what our purpose is. And I know we throw that word around a lot. Uh, I throw the word around why, as I think, you know, Rhonda, we talked uh, when you had, I had you on my show, but my book, which is called the book of why and how. So this is something I'm really passionate about. And so what I've discovered and found is when people know why they're doing what they're doing, then the rest falls into place. And so this whole bigger question about finding balance and everything else we're looking for, what I found is that most people that discover this calling and again i've interviewed 6500 of them they don't worry about balance anymore because everything seems to fall into place uh robin sharma i don't know if you guys are familiar with him but he wrote the monk who sold his ferrari and robin sharma said to me he said most people are walking around um and then they die at age 20 but they wait till they're 80 to bury their own bodies and he said they're the walking dead they're walking around like zombies and what he meant by that it wasn't like it meant to be a slight against anybody because he's saying it's not their fault that they didn't find their passion yet but what he's saying is most people haven't found what they're here to do so because of that they're drifting and i think it's a, a powerful point so that to, to bring this full circle back to the answer in my opinion i think we need to find why we're doing what we're doing and so to give an example again to put an explanation on this why i do what i do is to create a positive ripple in everybody's life I come in contact with for more than 15 minutes. So I want them to leave and say, he helped me in some way. He helped my life in some way. And 
my personal mission statement is to be the guy who motivates, donates, inspires, educates, and entertains. And those that's my five-point test. So when somebody says, will you do this? I always say, is it going to deliver some of those five? And if it's not, it's the easiest no, heck no, that I ever say without worrying about it. But knowing why I'm doing what I'm doing, which is to make people's lives better, everyone I come in contact with, and knowing how I do that, which is motivating, donating, inspiring, educating, or entertaining, that's what allows me to actually live on purpose and not have to worry about this whole idea of balance. So the bigger question, which is obviously for a, probably a, a longer day, which is how do you get there? Because really, again, not, they say 95% of people, I don't know how accurate that is, but 95% of people go their whole lives without discovering their purpose. So the question is, how do we discover it sooner? And I usually take people through an exercise of, I won't go into the full thing, but writing down, uh, why do you, what do you love doing? What would you do if money wasn't an issue? Uh, what did you, and this is a big thing we mentioned earlier when you're chasing somebody else's expectations. When you wanted to go to clown college, I'm just throwing that out there, uh, or comedy school, and somebody said, you know what, no, you need to go to Stanford because that's where we went. Go back to that point. Why did you want to go to clown college? There's probably something about your purpose and passion in there. So I get people to make a list and then put them in order of the one they love the most. And then what I want them to do is break down the baby steps of what it would take to actually try that. And then spend a few months trying that. And people always say, well, that's three months of my life. Well, let me ask you this. Is it that bad of a thing that you do what you love for three months of your life? Like chasing something you think you might love. And what if you find your purpose in three months rather than waiting 95 years? So I take people through an exercise, but I find when people can discover why they're here and what they're here to do, all these other things fall into place. Wow, that is pretty awesome. And, and I always say to add on to that, Corey, people are like, well, that's going to take me a year. And I always say, you got to live it anyway. Right. <laughs> I mean, you're going to be doing something for that year. If you feel like it's going to be beneficial moving towards your goal, then why not just do it rather than letting the year go by? And then in a year you go, darn, I should have did this a year ago. Right. So um, just a quick commercial break. If you're just tuning in, you're watching and list or listening to the Coffee with Rhonda show. And don't forget to like the little button, hit the bell. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook now even has a bell, go figure right what, what that whole thing is about. Um, but don't forget to comment and uh, tell us about the balance and what you're seeking in your life. So one of the points that um, I want to talk about a little bit is this concept of phases. Right. And I always say life is about stages and phases. And mm -hmm. so depending on the stage and the phase that you are in in your life, you should expect to be maybe at a place where you're not feeling comfortable. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Which I.e., might equal that lack of balance for you. But if you understand the purpose of what you're doing and why you're doing it, then you, you might be OK with that. Right. Yeah, I'm out of balance. I'm working till 10 p.m. every night because my goal is to be a millionaire in 12 months. OK, you're not going to do that mm -hmm. just by coming home at 4 p.m., having a nice dinner and chilling for the rest of the night. Right. So we've got to understand that. So so what would advice would you give for someone who is in that stage? They set this goal, but now they're like, oh, crap, this is hard and I'm tired and I feel all out of balance. So, Marae, what would you advise for that person? I think when you set those goals uh, and, and sometimes we are guilty of you just setting goals and we, we don't actually uh, implement anything. So I think when we set those goals, it's important to have, you know, to implement and have an action plan that you're going to follow and uh, and really be flexible about it. So try this action plan. You're going to fail for sure. But, you know, from those failures, learn from them and understand what are the gaps and what are the people that you need to uh, associate yourself with who are going to help you to, to be able to reach, you know, uh, uh, what you want to, where you want to be and, you know, uh, to, to help you to become who you want to be because, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's very dynamic because it, it never stops at, at, at the end because it's really, you take those decisions, you set those goals and then you keep going until, you know, you reach the, the goals that you've set and you, and this mission is always there. As long as you're alive, you still have to, you know, redefine, yourself and uh, and go through different phases and th those are the phases that we're talking about is that you start first you implement a plan and then you get comfortable and then you have to again you know uh set new goals that are going to make you uncomfortable and then you know go through this phase until you really find yourself 
and, and start to really do it naturally without thinking. And that's the balance that we're talking about, uh, if, uh, I mean, for me. Oh, I think you're on mute, Rhonda. Oh, yes, I'm talking to my mm -hmm. double mute, Ross. <laughs> no, I, 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 like, I like what Marie said. Also, too, people have to understand that when you set goals, you can move mm -hmm. the goalposts. You can move that timeline. People think they say, okay, um, I'm going to do this mm -hmm. in 30 seconds. And 30 seconds pass, and now you're depressed. You got anxiety. You're taking high blood pressure pills. You're taking Xanax, whatever the case may be. However, those goals can be adjusted. Those timelines can be adjusted. Don't sit up here and say, okay, I got to go to college in four years. I didn't finish college in four years because I was a caregiver. I had to take, you know, I had other things. Life came in and I couldn't finish college in four years. It took me a little longer. But, you know, again, I'm going to go back to when I, because I had that identity crisis, I was feeling bad because my brother and sister finished, all my cousins finished in four years, but Rosalind is taking care of her grandparents. But that's okay. Now, when I look back at it, I'm like, you know what? That prepared me for being in my business. It was a reason why that happened. And sometimes when we put so much emphasis on time and, you know, it, 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 and if we fail, then, oh, my God, that's the end of the world. No, it's not the end of the world. So what? You didn't make it. You know, get your peanut butter jelly sandwich, piece of popcorn and watch a movie and get over it. And just move and just move the time back mm -hmm. six mm -hmm. months. Okay. You <laughs> weren't able to fix finish it. So what? Who mm -hmm. who said you who said you had to finish it? And what universe and what God you you know honor whoever team team, whatever you do, who said you had to finish it in a certain time? Absolutely. <laughs> you did, right? So Corey, so Corey, expand on this concept of we create our world, mm -hmm. right? We create our world and then we complain that somebody didn't fix it. What? Yeah. Oh, what wait a minute. Wait, 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 me wait, to come wait, over? Wait, 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 I got a good one. I got a good one. Now, everybody says, oh, I'm so busy. I got, a, I got all this. I got all this to do. But you put all that stuff on your calendar. You the reason why you so busy and can't get done. It ain't, it ain't Corey fault. It ain't Mariah fault. It ain't Ronovan. It's my fault that I can't get it done because I got all this crap on my calendar. Take it off. Learn how to say no. Right. You are the one that caused all that, but I'm done. Go ahead, Corey. I'm sorry, darling. No, that's all good. Well, something that popped in my head when you were saying about the co gave the timeline and where is this timeline coming from? It made me think of uh, something here Thomas said about how it took him 12 years to become a doctor. But he said on that, when he got that uh, certificate or diploma on his wall, it don't say 12 years. So, you know what? The person that has it took four years or six years and he's got 12. Nobody knows the difference once you see it. Mm -hmm. And he said it took him 12 years because he was hustling, he was grinding, doing other stuff during the night and day. But again, once he got it, it doesn't matter. So he decided, and he said it took him 12 years because he had to do the work and he didn't understand everything. So he had, it took him longer to learn the stuff. So it took him longer to get it done and he probably failed some classes. But like he said, at the end of 12 years, doesn't matter, right? Nobody sees the difference. And I mean, it's funny because we're talking about the hard work side of it. And I'll just tag on to what he says about this as well. But he says, you know, you want my life, but you don't want my grind. Mm. Uh -huh. You don't want to do the hustle, but you want the reward from it. And what I would say to that is, if you do want the reward, you're going to have to put in the work. But at the same time, too, if you're not happy doing it, then don't do it. Like you said mm -hmm. something that I think was important, which is the idea of we set this goal and say, oh my gosh, I didn't get it done. And uh, Or somebody looks at you and says, why are you working until 10 o'clock at night? But they're not happy with their life and you're happy with yours. Well, then maybe they might want to start doing that because it would make you happy, let's say. But then why should you stop if you're happy? So my, my philosophy on it, if it makes you happy, do it. But if you're not happy, don't criticize somebody else because they're doing it. Now, I want to say one quick thing about the goal side because I think it's important too, is um, what I like to do is set multiple goals, which sounds counterintuitive, but have multiple goals because I feel if we only have one, then if we fail at it, like you said, if you're 30 seconds in and you're not achieving it, then we beat ourselves up more. But what if we have three goals or four and we're making progress towards each one of them? It feels like I'm achieving more. So I like to have, even for my year, three big goals. And then what I do is I turn it down and say, what are smaller pieces of this I can do first? So if I want to get on a stand-up comedy stage, which I bring that up because I did years ago, and what I would do is I would 
say, what are the smaller steps? So maybe I watch comics on HBO. Maybe I take a comic out for lunch. Maybe I buy the comedy Bible and dissect it. Maybe I go to a comedy workshop. So what I do is I figure out what are the smaller things I could do, smaller actions. And then every time I achieve one of those, I give myself a nice reward. And then all of a sudden it's more exciting, but I didn't have to tackle the whole goal at once and feel like in 30 seconds I didn't achieve it. So my thing is don't put such high expectations on yourself, but if you're gonna put an expectation on yourself, be prepared to do the grind. And at the very same time, give yourself reward for hitting the smaller milestones. Don't make it all about the one big goal. That's my feeling. Yeah. So, so in essence, um, be mindful of the journey, right? Sometimes we get so lost in the destination that we forget there's a tremendous amount of joy in the journey. I was just talking to my sister out there and she can co-sign because she's on. I was talking to her the other day and I was like, you know what? I love the journey. It's not mm -hmm. so much about the, the, the destination, which has also, I, as I reflect back on my life, it's helped me not fear failure. I don't really feel failure because if I don't get there, who cares? I had a great time, right? I'm going along the way and I'm discovering and I'm adding to my toolbox and all of that. And I don't have to worry if I get there, right? And so Abraham Hicks has this wonderful quote that I absolutely love. And she says all the time, she says, um, you can't get it wrong because you never get it done, mm -hmm. right? If you never get it done, it's simply another opportunity to go back, to step back, to approach it from a different angle, to shift, to do those things. So let me just ask you, you guys, as we're going for this, and this is part of moving into that solutioning discussion, because we always want to also, and Corey, you've been doing a wonderful job of putting nuggets out there to help people move forward. And as we do this, what are we do we need to start with simply making better decisions right so so there's a quote um that says um, that really you're not seeking balance you're trying mm -hmm. to make better decisions to set better boundaries right to create that world for yourself so how do we um ray how do we start if you are in that place where you're struggling, if I say, what is your life? Hey, Cordelia, thanks so much for joining. Uh, she's mm -hmm. out there. It's great to see you. She was on the show last week, did an amazing job. And Regina says, yes, I need that flexibility in my life, tweaking my goals to get where I'm trying to go. Don't ever lock yourself into your goals. The goals are simply a, the guideline of where you hope to be, but tomorrow I might hope to be someplace different. So, so Marae, how can we... Um, what piece of advice can we give to say, you know what, you're trying to get to that place where you feel like you have better balance and it might start with creating better boundaries? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you, you always have to put the, the, you know, the boundaries, especially with people, you know, you have to set, you know, and, and I think I've been talking about it a lot on, on the show is, you know, set those rules of engagement where, you know, you you always the one in control because you you, you are uh, writing you are writing your story and i think that's the mindset that you you have to have is that it's all about you know it you are in control you're the one driving the car and uh, and you're the one driving the car and you're the one you know uh, defining where you know the route that you're going to take so you you have to create those boundaries so that people don't come and disturb you and start to tell you go take this turn and you know you have to be clear about you know have your map clear about where you want to go and uh, and if, even when you get lost you know get the time to stop and and really readjust and find another way to get where you want to get but i think the key thing is to have this mindset of knowing i am in control so if i get it wrong i can actually rectify nobody's gonna do it for me mm -hmm. i have this power and i have to use this power when it's necessary and i think it comes with you know putting those boundaries but understand as well that you know if you get it wrong that's not a problem you still you're still in control and you can still take another decision to continue or change the direction of things uh, if that's not you know, suitable for, uh, for you, but you're always in control. You are the driver and nobody can drive this car but you. And, and so, Marie, that's such a great point. I, I like to say, in fact, in my, in my book, The Dream Life Roadmap, it was all designed around um, basically you're going on this journey. And you are the one that has to, the very first chapter talks about, are you afraid or are you going to take the keys? Are you going to mm -hmm. take the keys and get out of the passenger seat 
and get mm -hmm. into the driver's seat of your life and just go. Right. Mm -hmm. You can floor it. You can do with it. Well, I hope there's no cops around. So maybe not floor it. But you know what I mean? <laughs> you can go as fast as you want. You can change the route yeah. you can go the scenic route. You can go the mountains. I wouldn't do the mountains because I'm afraid of heights. But <laughs> that's a little bit off. But we we are in control. So, mm -hmm. so Roz, if I'm the one in control, why am I constantly looking for my job to give me balance, for my mm -hmm. job to accept the fact that I need balance, especially if I'm a, a leader or executive, I'm frustrated that they're not doing that. Or I started a business and I'm an entrepreneur and now I'm frustrated because I don't have any balance because I started this business. We're looking for approval. I feel like we're looking for approval. Every time we do something, we get a milestone. What do we do? Girl, look at what I did. Child, look at what I did. Honey, child, look at what I did. You know what I'm saying? We're looking for approval. We're looking for approval. I used to look for approval all the time. Now I could care less if you like what I do. <laughs> I'm just saying like a TI is today. I could care less. Okay. What we do, mm -hmm. we have to do it for ourselves. Whatever we do, our goals are internal investments and physical investments. We're investing in ourselves. So whatever we do, whatever we accomplish is going to help hopefully push us forward to the next goal. But yeah, child, go on to Corey because y'all know I'll get started. Go ahead, Corey. <laughs> I, you know, I agree once again as far as, as that goes. Is I think this is the biggest issue we constantly run into is we're trying to please other people. And I'll tell you uh, just a, a discovery from all these interviews I've done is that, and, and you know, I, I'll say the enlightened super achievers, not because they're better than anybody else, but they're constantly trying to lift other people up. They're constantly trying to help other people get their message out. They're also trying to impact the world in a positive way. And you know, the one thing they have in common, they say no over 10 times more than the average person. Mm -hmm. And this goes right back to what you're talking about with boundaries. They understand the boundaries. I said about having a mission statement, that allows me to understand my boundaries. If you want me to take something on, and it's not going to fit any of those five things I mentioned earlier. Why would I take it on? It's not fair to you or me. So I think it's a matter of us being clear on what am I trying to do? So I always say, is it moving the needle forward or moving the needle backward? And so if it's moving the needle forward, it's an all, it's again, a heck yes. But having said that, this is all easy to say for me. Uh, to Roz's point, I, you know, I wasn't always this way. I cared. And, you know, we always say that other people, what other people say about us is none of our business, but I really cared. I thought it was my business. And the reason is, is I, and not to place a blame on it, but I grew up in a small community, small town, where I was told by my grandfather, say yes to everything and then figure out how to do it later. You know, always show up early. Never, never, if somebody says this to you, uh, say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for, I did that. Like I was told that basically, essentially no person should rise above the masses. You should, basically, you shouldn't be an individual. And so, and by the way, my grandfather was the salt of the earth, but it was just the way he was raised. And so I was told that you should always say yes to your elders, no matter what the situation is. And you should always try to do stuff for other people and please people. And so, again, it's easy for me to say now. I say no, and I understand it. But it was, it was a lot of work. I had to actually spend the time understanding that I had to say no more. I had to, and where I learned, by the way, is because I had this dilemma of I was interviewing these people that I actually said I want to reach this fulfillment and purpose in life and I need to know what they're doing and it was a real big kick in the face when I discovered they were saying no so often the thing <laughs> I was going to have the time to do but I also said the desire to get there was more important to me than the challenge of doing it. Mm. I get rid of my old habit but I, I only want to say this Rhonda because it's easy for me to sit here and say you just have to say no more and set boundaries but I also understand how hard it is what yeah. I'm hoping here is even if it is hard, it's worth it. That's the key thing. It's worth doing it. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't set boundaries and if you don't set the rules of engagement, uh, as Marie said, what's going to happen? Then people mm -hmm. are going to take advantage of you. People are going to say, well, I know I can go to Corey and he'll always do it. He'll never mm -hmm. say no. And so I discovered that that wasn't serving me at all. It was only serving the other person. Here's one other thing I learned, too, is if you know how to say no in a way that doesn't burn a bridge, uh, right. One option would be to say, you know, can I get back to you in a couple of days? And if I can't do it, I'll find somebody who can help you. But if you do it in a nice way, what usually happens is they actually end up finding a way to do it themselves anyway. Mm -hmm. it's just, you don't even have to necessarily be cold and say, no, can't do it. If you don't want to do it that way, you could just say, can I get back to you? Uh, Shalene Johnson, the Turbo Jam creator, uh, I asked her how she juggled everything. And she said what she does is she says her family's very family oriented. So she asked ask her husband. Before she says yes to anything, do we have anything else to go this weekend? Do we have anything we're doing with the kid? If we and so leave it with me for two days, I'll ask Brett and see what we have in the go. If we don't have anything in the go and I can do it, I will. If I can't, as I mentioned, 
what she says is, I'll find somebody else who will. How can you get mad if somebody says, I want to ask to make sure we're not interfering with family time. Right. But if I can help you, I'm going to get you somebody that can. So it's just, how do you say no, but also understanding you need to set those boundaries because if you don't, then nobody else will. I love that uh, uh, because so many times we are looking for others to solve our our mm -hmm. problems and fix things for us. And there's a favorite saying that I use, hashtag, it's always you. It is always you. You are the one in control. You are the one that can make the adjustments. You are the one that can say yes or no. You're the one that can decide to mm -hmm. get upset or react to something. It is always you. And so I think that's other people want to throw things at me when I say it because they're like, it's not my fault. But I look at that as a very empowering phrase. Mm -hmm. That means you're the one with the control. If you put it in the hands of someone else, Lord help you. Right. You don't know what they're going to come up with for you. So Regina a while back had said yes, and we should have fun on the journey. And then mm -hmm. she said, yes, Roz, I am with you. It is about us now. And then Janet joined. Hey, Janet, great to see you. My goals are my intentions. I do what I need to do and then let it go. The outcome is not up to me. I love that because so often, right, we are held hostage by that outcome. I am not going to do it until it can be perfect and it's got to come out this way. And you set yourself up for that. And then if it doesn't turn out that way, it's like somebody stuck a, a pin in your birthday balloon, right? You're like, like a deflated, like, oh my gosh, it didn't work. Don't be so hard on yourself. Corey? Yeah, can I add something to that, Rhonda? Because a yeah. story popped into my head that I think is really important is I feel like once you have a reference point to the earlier parts of your life, especially as, I mean, you know, I'm getting close to 50, so now I have this reference point to look backward. And you start realizing those things that you're like, why didn't this happen the way I wanted it to end up becoming the catalyst for the best things that ever happened to you. Unfortunately, you don't get this when you're 19 or 18. So right. I ask people this question, mm -hmm. what would you tell your younger self over 5,000 times? And you know what the most common answer is? The crap that you're worrying about now literally won't more uh, won't matter in a year. Yeah. So why are you letting mm -hmm. it kill you now? Uh, but the one thing I'll say as far as people, if they want a frame of reference of if it doesn't go right, uh-oh. Let me give you an example. I actually was doing this in, uh, the, this interview for a docu-series that I'm working on. And it was supposed to be at this certain pl place in Miami. Guy gave me the wrong address. He said Northwest instead of Northeast or something like that. And at Miami at lunchtime. So you can probably imagine now, this means I have to drive the other end of the city. And I said, how long is it going to take, do you think? And he said, an hour and a half. I said, will you be there? And he said, no problem, I'll make it work. I get about five minutes from his office, he sent me a message. I only saw it when I parked at the office. Sorry, champ, had to bail. And so, you know, what, years ago, I would have beat myself up. Like, this was a big interview and all this other stuff. And then I said, okay, well, let's make lemonade. I'm in Miami. Let's have a good time. But here's the interesting part that happened. Another friend of mine said, Corey, remember that person I told you about who'd be a great fit for your documentary? Guess what? He just moved back to Miami and he's in town today. Are you around there? Cause I thought you said you're going to be in Miami. So then she reached out to him. He uh, said, Tiffany, I got a bunch of stuff today. I wish I could do it. Anyway, he reached back into her about a half hour later. said, Tiffany, can Corey still do it? All three of my meetings got canceled this afternoon. So I went to do the interview with him. It ended up being a better interview than I think the first one would have been. And I won't name the names, but I'll say he connected me with three massive names that ended up becoming in the docu-series because of his connections. And none of that would have happened if the original awesome goal would have happened. Right. So I think sometimes we need to understand uh, to the point of you got to let go of the outcome mm -hmm. or the expectation. Uh, sometimes uh, the reward is the reward. You don't have to worry about the results. And the journey, as you said, could be that reward. So I just wanted to put it out there that think about the fact that it's, you know, all these things aren't coincidences. Sometimes the universe said, no, this isn't the right fit for you. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to move you over here. And then a mm -hmm. year from now, you go, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that he moved me over here. Steve Jobs uh, got let go from Apple, as we all know. Yeah. And he ended up uh, leaving Apple and he was miserable and unhappy at the time, but he ended up creating a company that Apple bought and ended up becoming the largest shareholder of Disney and Apple. As a result <laughs> either. And we have more say because they felt we need to bring this guy back because the company's not working anymore without mm -hmm. him. So my point is, was it bad that he got let go or was it a part of his journey to allow him to come back with more power and to create more products that change more lives than if he would have stayed there originally? Wow, that's, that's very cool. So before we go any further, we're coming to our last round. I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to share their last thoughts on this whole leadership unicorn balance. But before we do that, I need you all to hold up your cups so we can get a post-production shot. All right. Big smiles. <laughs> 
Got it. Thank you. Thank you kindly. All right. So, gosh, what a great discussion. And I hope um, folks out there, um, I always say I hope you come with a pen or a pad because there's so much to take away that's going to be able to benefit you. But in this last round and as we move to close, one of the things I'll say is, you know, we want to be mindful that we are not using balance as an excuse. Mm -hmm. Right. We're not saying that I'm so unhappy because I don't have balance when really what you're saying is I'm not happy with my job. I don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel like my relationship is going well. You know, my mom's far away and I feel like I'm not able to see what what's the real issue? Because often as I am, you know, doing my coaching thing, it's about uncovering. Right. It's about getting underneath. And typically what I find underneath is not what is being said on the surface. So I'll throw that out there. If you are a person that feels like, oh, I just don't have balance, I want you to step back for a moment. And I want you to really do some soul searching about all of these different areas and come to the realization of what might be really driving that, because then you can address that issue. Right? And you'll feel much better about everything else on the surface. So as we go around, so Marae, we'll start with you. Any last words on you know, this idea of balance and uh, sort of joy and happiness in your life. Oh, before we do that, let me just share with you um, this one uh, quote that I want us to sort of take away and, and use it to sort of frame uh, how we end uh, our conversation today. So as I was uh, preparing and I, I ended up at this place, stop trying to fit your life into the job and find a job that fits into your life. Right. So if you are that person and your business and your career and everything is lopsided and you are just completely out of balance, maybe you should be doing some adjustments to make sure that what's most important for you is at the forefront and is at the priority. And then you can navigate everything else from that point forward. So, Marae, um, how would you like to wrap up the show? What words of wisdom would you like to give as we close this discussion on balance? So to build on what you just said, uh, for me is really, you know, let's be honest with ourselves and, and, and really be honest with ourselves because that's the most important thing and come as we are, you know, we don't want, I mean, I, you remember we talked about how, you know, wearing masks, you know, yeah. that's that some of, you know, let's, you know, let's stop, you know, wearing those masks and just be who we are and uh, and just, you know, be, because sometimes we, we just want to complicate things, listen to somebody and then try to be perfect, but let's come, you know, uh, with what we have and be who we, we want to be and forget about, you know, all those restrictions that we want to put, you know, ourselves and all those, you know, um, trying to fit into, into somebody's, you know, a dream or into somebody's life. So really, okay. let's be who we are. Let's be honest with ourselves and, uh, and, and just, you know, enjoy, enjoy the journey because everything happens for a reason and the dots are going to connect anyway. So we just have to enjoy the, the, the ride and, and keep going. Absolutely. Thank you. Well said. So, Corey, as you wrap up and give your final thoughts on this whole balance conversation, also uh, let folks know where they can find you and how they can connect with you. Yeah. So I'll start with that part first, just to get that out of the way. Uh, if, if it's cool, I'll actually give people uh, free. Uh, I have actually a 10 insights guide. So I've been talking mm -hmm. with these interviews I've done. So people want to and in the insights guide, I think we have quotes by Bob Proctor, Jack Canfield, Lisa Nichols, Les Brown and six other influencers. And people can grab that at letsdoinfluencing.com. So it's real easy, letsdoinfluencing.com. And if you go there and grab that, I mean, that's probably the best way because you'll be in my ecosystem at that point. But the other option is uh, to just go on to thatspeakerguy.com. And the only reason I mentioned that hub is because that's where all my social media things are at the top, where you can uh, follow along on social media, reach out, say hi, all those kind of good things. So those are the two hubs, I would say. One's for uh, uh, something free that took us a long time to create, and it's brand new. It's it's fresh. It's it's brand. It's got the new smell on it. And uh, and yeah, and the other is just a way to connect with me. So as far as the um, and thank you by the way for that for allowing me that opportunity. As far as the um, I guess this idea, I would say. One of the things I think that is at the root of it as well is we're all going 90 miles an hour trying to find a faster car. 
You know, why are we why are we chasing a, sh a shiny object and two days later switching to another one? So I would say one of the issues we're running into is we're not taking time for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I would go in a different direction and say, we need to start also allowing some self-care. And what does that look mm -hmm. like? It could be, you know, with meditation is one of the ones we always hear about. Um, but if, you, if you're going to argue and say, oh, I never meditate because I can't slow my mind down, that's fine. Don't make that for you. But just sit then in silence for 20 minutes. How many people actually give ourselves 20 minutes of silence? And so what I would say is part of this thing is we're all trying to chase, as you said, this thing, this invisible fulfillment or happiness when we're pacing so fast that we're never slowing down and sitting down and enjoying what we do have. Mm -hmm. So I would say mix some self-care in with some gratitude. You know, if, if you're if you're above ground right now and you have all your limbs, and I'm not saying if you don't have all your limbs, you, I mean, we have people we've had on our show that were born with no arms that are among the happiest people I've ever met. So I'm not even saying if, if you don't have limbs, but if you have all your limbs and you're healthy, you're already ahead of most of the world. Uh, if you sat down and gave gratitude for that, there's people in the world that would give anything for that. Or if you have a, a job at minimum wage, and I don't, and especially in a time like this when we're struggling financially and there's so much going on, I don't mean to, to minimize this, but if you have a job at McDonald's, I don't know if people know this, you're richer than 50% of the world. Wow. Let that sink in, right? I mean, so sometimes we forget if we were born in a certain place, we might already have advantages that we don't even realize are advantages. So I guess what I'm getting at is for me, this whole idea is just uh, focus on self care, give yourself some time and love and attention. Um, and also stop get, get away from all these big goals that you have to set right away. And then I would say back to what you both, because uh, I know, uh, Marais, you said it, uh, Rhonda, you said it. Get back to this whole idea of what if the journey really is the destination. Uh -huh. I'm truly never happy. And I, 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 I hate admitting this, but I'm truly never happy with the actual destination. You know, I have my one of my books here. The book comes out. People are like, as soon as the book said, I always go, next. Yeah. I from that for about five minutes. So maybe I didn't enjoy the journey as well. Mm -hmm. So I have to enjoy the journey of building that book because once it's out, I'm always like, okay, I need to move on to the next thing now. So I don't live in the happiness and I wish I could. Some people can. But my point is I need to look at the journey as the destination because otherwise I wouldn't be happy. So why don't we enjoy the journey while we're here anyway? That's, that's a long tangent, but that's kind of my thought on it. Self-care, enjoy the journey, less stress and less pressure on yourself. I love that. That's absolutely, that's fantastic. And I am very similar in that way. I'm not so much on the outcome and, and people will say, oh, you got there. Are you so excited? I'm like, yeah, that's cool. On to the next thing. <laughs> so Ms. Roz, give us your final thoughts on this whole idea of this leadership unicorn and finding balance. Well, I think everybody has said it. I'm going to be good today. I'm not going to, you know, say anything crazy other than I agree with everybody. We, my favorite word has been no. And I started doing like, like Corey said, affirmations and different things like that. And, you know, for me, that's been the best thing since sliced bread. Spending time with me, you know, looking at all my roles and cracks and crevices and looking at me just enjoying me enjoying whatever it is that's out there and, and 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 you know we have to we have to get there you know no my waist is not going to be snatched at you know 18 inches it's probably 38 inches you know but i'm okay with that i'm all right with my land expansion that's why i kept saying i am finally getting into the point <laughs> where i am loving myself muffin top mm -hmm. flat top big top whatever I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. And that's where we have to get, we have to get to where we're okay with our imperfections. And so uh, the self-care has helped me with that. Um, meditation, affirmations, all of that. Things that, that I wasn't told about or things that weren't shared with me that's now helping me on my journey and making my journey so much better and making me live my life so much better. Mm -hmm. I'm done. Thank you, Corey. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's fantastic. So, you know, as we wrap up this episode, this has been, um, I love these conversations because I always take away something. I am in the process of learning uh, along with everyone else out there. And it is this, this understanding that um, as I said earlier, you can't get it wrong because you never get it done. You can tomorrow, you can take a right turn or a left turn, or you can continue to go straight. You can decide whatever you want. The one thing that I will end with is before you decide if you're going to take a right turn or a left turn, pause and get yourself clarity. Get clarity on who you are, what you want, and when you want to accomplish it, because that drives everything. 
If you say that you want to be a millionaire in a year, you know you're going to be working it, right? You're going to be on the grind for a year. Know that, accept it, expect support, ask for support, whatever you need to do, and then roll with that and everything else is okay. But first, you have to have clarity because without that, it simply leads to chaos, uh, chaos and confusion. So really excited to wrap up this conversation. Um, and for everyone out there, for, for my guests, you know, stay, stay tuned for just a second. For everyone out there, remember um, to be, in, be encouraged, be inspired. Remember to think about what's in your cup. And that's metaphorically as well as, you know, what you might be drinking at the time. Um, and know that this journey to be stress-free and loving me is deeply personal, but is very, very achievable. And uh, we want to allow you, uh, thank you for allowing us time into your Saturday and your day. And if you're listening on podcast to imagine the possibilities of loving and leading stress-free. We will see you guys on the other side next week. It's going to be, we'll be back here. Same time, same bat station. Thank you for watching the Coffee with Rhonda show. Don't forget you can download a free ebook at stressfreeleader.com and don't forget to share this podcast or video with someone in your life who might find value. Until next time.